This episode of Bright Hearth is brought to you by Garlands of Grace and our supporters at patreon.com. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Proverbs 27, 6. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bright Hearth. This is a part two, but before we get in there, how you doing, babe? Good. Doing good? What's your posture right now, would you say? We haven't recorded at night in a while. It's true. I also haven't skipped everyone's nap time and gone to the hot springs since the summer, and I'm very tired. So you've been hot soaked and kept up late. (laughs) Not a good combo. Not a good combo for pregnant Americans, is it? No. And I sat in a lithium pool. Liquid. Dang. Magnesium, lithium, so... You're magnesiumed super, up. Super, super relaxed. <laughs> you're like a, you're like a, you're almost like a battery that could be put could in a get Tesla. really interesting. Yeah. Well, last week, babe, I think we made some friends. We told people that they were not attractive and all kinds of no, other didn't. insulting Don't say things. it like I'm that. We kidding. gave them plenty of hope. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, I hope you were not offended too strongly and that the advice that we gave last week was helpful. That was the part one of the field guide to finding a spouse. This is our second and final part there. And uh, really we're picking up, we, we intended for that to be one episode, but then we realized as we got through the first question to ask yourself that it was just going to take like two hours to get through. So ain't nobody got time for that. We have a few more questions to uh, for you to ask yourself. And uh, before we do that, let me just remind you of these asterisks that we made last time. We're not trying to give you an insurmountable list. As always, married people are going to be working on these things for the rest of their life as well. So don't think we're saying, unless you are essentially a 10 out of 10 in every conceivable category of masculinity or femininity, that you are basically beyond hope and no one will ever love you. That's not what we're saying. Definitely not. No. We are not subtweeting anybody locally that we know. Just to reiterate. Not subtweeting anybody. This isn't like our attempt to tell somebody that we know here in Utah stuff that we were too cowardly to tell to their face. Definitely not. Lastly, this is just us trying to be a friend to you, someone who loves you enough to give you hard questions to ask, and that's why we opened with that proverb that faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Whenever somebody's coming alongside and saying, hey, here's some ways that you can take responsibility for yourself, trusting in the providence of God, understanding that you're not God, but essentially encouraging you, here's all that you can be doing to take responsibility, carpe diem, seize the day. And uh, what can sometimes happen is that people can hear that as like an attack, like, how dare you tell me that? No, 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 we're we're actually just trying to help you take what's helpful. Um, And so we have a couple more questions to ask, and uh, we'll jump right in unless you have any other thoughts before we do that, babe? Nope. All right, so the first question that we have for you is uh, along the lines of the question we discussed last week, but kind of turned outward, now is have you asked a trusted friend to give you a brutally honest assessment of yourself? Last week, we encouraged you to ask this or to do a brutally honest assessment of yourself where you're working through and saying like, how am I doing on these basic categories of things like conversational ability, spiritual maturity, Christian fruitfulness, war with sin, finances, career? Is there something that is holding me back from attracting a mate? Is there something that's, you know, am I like so uh, overbearing in conversation, nobody else can get a word in edgewise, and they're like, oop, red flag, I'm out of there. Am I so quiet that, that people never have an opportunity to talk 
with me? Do I care for my appearance? Am I making sure that I'm, as a man, looking masculine and clean and in shape? If I'm a lady, am I making sure that I'm looking feminine and, you know, taking care of myself and in shape? And all of these things that are within your scope of responsibility, again, not turning yourself into a model in either direction, because that was the Lord. He sprinkled as much handsomeness or beauty into your mixing bowl as he decided, and it was for his glory, that if he made you a 7 out of 10, be a 7 out of 10 to the glory of God. If you, you know, some of us, I, I wish I could be a 7. That'd be wonderful if I could hit that, that if I jump high enough so that I can hit the 7 out of 10 mark. Right, babe? <sighs> Whatever. I'm just fishing here. 10 out of 10. I was just hoping you'd call me handsome. <laughs> This is bright hearth. I basically record this podcast just to fish for compliments from my okay, wife. Okay, <laughs> okay. That means I'm not doing something I'm right kidding. if we have to record an episode I'm for you to get a compliment. <laughs> to get my wife to call me handsome, I have to record a podcast. I'm just kidding. It's not true. She calls me handsome all the time, you guys. Anyway, if I can recall what we're actually talking about, I believe what I was going to say is that now we're telling you, okay, you can do that for yourself. And that's good to try and step out of yourself and get some objectivity within my responsibility. How am I doing? Am I taking charge of what's in my control? But, but it's very helpful. It's very helpful to ask a trusted friend to help you in that and to give them permission. Say, look, hurt my feelings a little. Yeah, I think it's good, too, to do this after you've done your own personal inventory because then you can kind of say it can be awkward for somebody in that position to like then give critique so you could start the conversation by saying, look, these are the areas I feel like I should be working on. Um, is there a blind spot, though? Is, like, is there mm -hmm. something else you see? So you're not just telling them, have at me like a punching bag, basically. Right. And probably ask a friend of the same sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't ask or, all your... Yeah, go ahead. Or we have single friends that come to both of us as married couples. So sure. I think that also can be helpful because... You could talk like I could talk to a single guy saying like this is how a woman might might perceive the way yeah. you're acting in a way that you might not pick up on as as another man. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. And you might do the same for a lady. So maybe ask a married couple. Yes, that correct. You trust. Yeah, but yeah, definitely also have somebody that you're close yeah, to. Yeah, just who knows you the best? Who's who's in your life? What friends you? And if there's nobody, you need it. Like that's a priority. Like yeah, that's true. Be making friends. Be in the church. Get you know. Get life contact with people. Be just. I think too something that single people feel weird about is like, well, if it feels awkward to cultivate friends that are married or like with kids, but we could just as easily say the same thing about single people, and we don't let that stop us. So. Like, this has to be a two-way street in some ways. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so, and I think that's just an overcorrection from, I don't know, Gospel Coalition, like, it involves singles and everything. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But they also, and I think our people street. at Refuge are great at this. I Absolutely. I literally can't think of anyone who's not. They're all very welcoming to children and families, and they come yeah. to events and all that stuff. But in the past, I have definitely seen that, like, they want to segregate themselves in some ways. Yeah, they it, what they want is like instead of let me get involved in the life of of a family yeah. who has like kids in tow doesn't have all the freedom of a single yeah. person. Uh and sometimes like th there's a culture in the church of like well invite a single people in and but by that sometimes a single people can get an entitlement complex where they're like where's the event for me? Yes. Like, why, we don't but, have 
we don't have that. And if I would see that at refuge, I'd squash that. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, why don't any of the other ladies like want to get coffee with me like one on one at all at all time? Well, they have kids. Like, go involve yourself. Go yeah. go say, hey, can I can I help out with dinner some night? Can I trust me? Your 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 friends with kids, they'll be like, yes, you can help. <laughs> And then you're going to be friends. You're going to talk. You get to know one yeah. another. And and that is how you get involved in the life of a... Our church has a lot of young children. Yeah. So this is just the stage of many even of us. Even the older, like the older ladies at our church, you know, even they get involved in like young families' lives yeah. and are very much grandmotherly. And yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a great, you know, just practice that you can be taking up is um getting getting involved along these lines as well it's not just about asking a trusted friend to do a brutally honest assessment of you it's also like learning so maybe in your self-assessment you realize okay i'm a lady i am not super maybe my mom wasn't super feminine or i just didn't have a lot of examples and so i'm just really comfortable in like athletic attire and a ponytail sweatpants and that's just i'm comfortable there that's my comfort zone i feel confident like not confident but like that's me and you feel like you'd be faking it to all of a sudden do what we said last week and like put a dress on and like, pay attention to your hair things like that well go find some feminine ladies in the church that you trust some friends and say hey will you help me find a couple dresses that i can feel good in and help me figure this out and like don't be embarrassed I guarantee you your friends won't like laugh at you. No, and no, make not fun at all. Of you and, no. Because we get it. Not all of us had like this. Well, and I already said this last episode, I think if, if you're, if you're looking to a lady that has children or an older lady who just looks feminine and happy, I bet you she's had to do a lot of thought and work to get yeah. to that place because she's been through different seasons of life that don't make it easy to yeah. naturally be feminine. Absolutely. And so in the same could be said of other aspects that we've we've talked about, like conversation. Let's say you yeah. realize that you're just kind of awkward and you feel like every time you try to make small talk, it's it's like dying. You feel like you're about <laughs> like you are being killed and uh, you it, you're being killed of embarrassment. OK, go find some friends who know how to converse and ask them to teach you. I mean, it's really these are skills. Most yeah. of these things are skills. They're not like you either get them by divine fiat at birth they're bestowed upon you yeah there's personalities but you can learn like you can learn how to converse you can learn if you're a guy if you're one of these young guys and you're really weird and like you've asked people and for a brutally honest assessment like well, okay my brother like love you you're kind of weird and i hope you have friends who will tell you that if you are you know who has a really good episode about this friend. for guys who? is michael foster really is I it have... on it's good to be a man uh Michael, I know you Does don't listen do to this podcast. Does he do that one but... on his own, or does he do that with none? I'm going to be honest. As Michael has told me, Brian, <laughs> I love you, but I've never listened to your podcast. I've told him, Michael, that's okay. I love you, and I've never listened to your okay, podcast well, either. I know he addresses this in a lot of places, but yeah. I have heard him talk about it because he talked about a friend of his that he just, I think he even said he was like, I got a really gay haircut when I was, Oh yeah. I was, yeah, I, I was that. younger, like a teenager. And he had a friend who finally pulled him aside and was like, dude, you, look gay. you cannot wear your hair like that anymore. And he yes. said it was so helpful because he was in an awkward stage and he yeah. didn't know what to do, but it immediately snapped him out of it. Mm -hmm. And I know he addresses this in so many other places for yeah. young guys, but Michael's definitely a good Michael Foster, a good yeah. resource for this. So yeah, young man, if you really are just struggling with this, or you're cons you're worried that you are, 
You're like, yeah. I don't know if I'm weird and socially <laughs> awkward, but maybe I am. That's there's a lot of great resources there. Ask some friends, just hey, can you can like I'm and this might make you feel weirder at first. To <laughs> be like, hey, I'm I think I'm a little socially awkward. Can you help me out? And you know, I don't I don't know if I can describe this correctly, but I've been reading Jane Austen's books and I've been thinking about how like how much of a social mantle of responsibility the older classes used to take matchmaking mm-hmm. upon themselves as like yeah. a job. A duty that they had. A duty, yeah. Mm-hmm. So some of this, it, it it might feel weird, like either seeking out help. You know, I've had people out of state ask, like, is it is it not trusting the hand of the Lord if I move somewhere where there's more single people? It's actually really unusual that our parents just kind of like push us out the door and don't give us tons of training on dating anymore. Yeah. Or conversation or, we'll you know, if, if we come from unbelieving homes they probably gave us bad advice yeah like hey you know just uh, what, get them what, in bed yeah that's what i was gonna say make sure you what do they say i have a friend that her mom told her like drive it before you yeah buy that it. that yeah. <laughs> you um, wouldn't buy a car without driving it first so a, wo- my, my, a woman <laughs> is not a vehicle okay she is a human being she all is that not to a be said there used to be more involvement from the older generations helping us figure a lot of this out but we don't really have that now. And I just, I don't want, I don't think single people need to feel bad about trying to figure this out with help from others. No, not at all. This should be a normal part of life. Be. Yeah. It's just a normal part of life. Like being born, raising kids, having, you know, getting married, finding a spouse, getting educated, getting a job. These are all normal life things. And in the model that the Lord, I believe, intends for for us to follow is for there to be intergenerational cooperation in the household of households of the church. This is just should be normal. Should be normal. Yeah. This episode of Bright Hearth is sponsored by Garlands of Grace, which is a wonderful Christian company that offers a variety of very versatile head coverings, head wraps, and headbands for sale for women and girls. They're very versatile. Uh, you know, whether you're head covering for First Corinthians 11 reasons, or just looking for a pretty and feminine head covering, they've got you covered. Babe, why do we like Garlands of Grace? I really liked Garlands of Grace because when I was first trying to um, recover this call to head cover, I didn't necessarily want something that was super trendy and that everyone else was doing. Um, and I found their pieces really feminine and timeless in a way that uh, just a lot of other coverings that you could pick up at Target or on Amazon just weren't and they are very quality and if you are a mom trying to cover in a pew with wiggly children you know how hard it is to actually keep a head covering on yes and i really like their volumizer brand uh, bands that are velvet and they stick to your head and i have had no issues with them so yeah i really like them and they're a sister owned company yeah christian owned sister owned and they're all made in the usa so a great company to support we would uh, commend you husbands if you're listening go check this out as a thoughtful gift for your wife or your daughters they have head wraps for uh, ladies as well as little girls and they've got a whole lot of different styles a lot of different beautiful colors and a really great quality company. So we're glad to have them as a sponsor for this episode of Bright Hearth. And uh, you can support us by supporting them. So head over to garlandsofgrace.com. You can use the link in the description of this episode. And we hope that you'll give them your support. And that being the case, I do want to make a comment here too, is like, 
I know it's really hard for people to believe this who aren't married and haven't been married for a long period of time, but there really is more, there is more than physical attraction. So if your local covenant body is really highlighting somebody to you multiple times from multiple arenas, don't just X them out immediately because of a secondary or tertiary. They weren't tall enough. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Because I I see that in a lot of places where, and I've had multiple married people confirm the same thing, like, man, I wish they would understand that within a number of years, that's not going to matter at all. Yeah. At all. Right. And and it's that verse about like, um, beauty is deceitful, but charm. I mean. Yeah, charm is Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. Um, Yes. But how does it, how does it end? But the hidden person of the heart is very precious in the sight of the Lord, I think. Yeah. It's, it's basically saying that a virtuous, godly person is yeah. going to be much more pleasant to be married to. Correct. I mean, like word on the street versus a hot, like, look at this, look at this, Tom Brady and Gis- Giselle Bunchen. I don't know. Okay. Tom Brady, known. I'm going to say Tom Cruise because we did meet recently. Known basketball player, quarter, quarter, He's cornerback. Not- quarterback I'm just kidding I'm not dumb Tom Brady quarterback probably the goat in my opinion married to a supermodel and uh she leaves him she did yeah she left him oh my gosh like uh, hundreds of millions of dollars that wasn't even that long ago he's hot supposedly I hear from other people I as a man no I can evaluate that he is like a chiseled Roman how old is he god look at the guy I mean he's like 95 his name Tom, Tom well, Cruise's name. Tom no, him Cruise's and Tom Cruise name. are exactly the same though, because they're both they're these guys. Like just different like they literally work. don't age. <laughs> they both get handsomer by the year. I could not believe. I don't Tom understand. Cruise was it. sixty when I looked. We watched. We got the VidAngel thing where you can like filter out all the the potty words. So we watched Top Gun Maverick, and it was like the man is sixty. I he's getting believe. handsomer by the moment. 55 like, tops. Like, as we speak right now, he's <laughs> already handsomer. handsomer. By the moment. <laughs> he's already That's handsomer funny. than he was when he, when he made that movie. Yeah, Imagine I'm, I'm, what Mission Impossible I'm sure 17 is going to be. I'm sure there's lots of conspiracies be. out there as to why I can think oh, of, like, two off the top of my head. Oh, here we go. I won't I've bring him up, though. I won't yeah. bring him up. <laughs> uh, this, that's, that's for In the Kitchen. That's for the patron episodes. That's where we talk about our conspiracy theories. Yeah. Behind the paywall. That's right. Yeah, anyway, I mean, like, it's a good yeah. example where, and I don't know who's at fault. I really don't know the situation, but she leaves him, and you go. Crazy. Apparently, just being hot isn't, isn't enough. enough. yeah. So, yeah, if you yeah. have multiple people in the church saying, hey, you two would probably hit it off. And you're like, oh, the conversation was hard for the first time that we that we went out for coffee. Well, well yeah, it's or, always hard. Or there's just something, because I was thinking, there's just, like, something about the physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Like, Obviously, you want there to be attraction, but yeah, you know, yeah, I don't know. This is Is actually the mustache debatable. Let's let's talk about (laughs) is the height debatable? Like this is a question. This is a question that I have written down. I want people to ask themselves. Field guide to finding a spouse. You need to ask: Am I being reasonable about myself and my list of demands? Let me give you an example. Okay. Let's say that you objectively look in the mirror, and you're like, "Look, I'm a six and a half. That's fine." And I embrace it. The Lord made me yeah. a six and a half. And I'm going to dress. I'm going to do everything I can. But I'm never going to be Tom Cruise. Look, mm-hmm. join the club. We're never going to be immortal uh, people who get handsomer until we're like 300 years old. We're not Numenorians, okay? We're not Aragorn. Listen, is your standard for a spouse basically a model 
who is like the perfect proportion, the Fibonacci sequence on their face. Well, the Christian version of it is like worship leader, youth pastor, yeah. pastor. That you, you got to be a pastor. Yeah, it's got to be. Which, by the way, we're not easy to be married to. Just ask Lexi. What did you say? I said we're not easy to be married to. Oh. Pastors. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, so you, you just in I know I'm I'm exaggerating, but it is true. Sometimes people are held back because they have unreasonable demands. You think, okay, uh, Michael did actually Michael Foster again. Like this is basically the Michael Foster show at this point. But he had a post not too long ago where he was talking about just the sheer statistics. There was a website where you could filter and say, show me only how many people there are in America who are this age to this age and this sex. So it's a woman from this age to this age, and then that is this, you know, not morbidly obese and, you know, going through the list and it like narrows down the pool. And he was just visualizing for people. This is the total pool of people who are marriageable in your area. Was this a dating? It was just a demographic site. Oh, interesting. So you could also look for like how many old left-handed men there were or something, I suppose, if you were were looking for that sort of thing. But the, the point was there's a finite pool of human beings and we are always prone as people to overestimate ourselves and underestimate others and to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. And so sometimes we, we, we can tend to magnify the flaws of everybody we see. Mm-hmm. And some of us out of nervousness or like not wanting to commit to that person or being genuinely yeah. scared yeah. and then minimize our own flaws. And I know yeah. some people are really anxious and they magnify their own flaws too. So yeah. I, I understand that. But That's this, true. That's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. But we need to ask, am I being reasonable? Yeah. I think when I... Well, first of all, we don't want to like play into the whole soulmate thing because uh-huh. then what happens when you wake up one day and you just don't feel like they're your soulmate anymore? <laughs> um, that but day. when I realized the importance of this actually was reading When Fathers Ruled, I don't remember, Osmart? I feel like the author is Osmart. Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the author. It's a red cover with like white people on it, but... um. I think that's where this came from. Shoot, I hope it is. Anyways, reformers, it was really common for like the reformers in that time period. They understood so much the importance of like the family being the backbone of civilization, essentially in Christianity, Mm -hmm. populating the household of God, that it was totally normal if a reformer was on their deathbed to like matchmake for their current spouse. (laughs) Okay, so... To me, and it, and it was because that couple, that strong Reformation couple understood, I really am better off with somebody else who has yeah. an aligned vision with Christ than like going off on my own, doing my own thing, you know, kind of, and, you know, economically there were differences. Mm-hmm. They needed spouses. We need spouses now, but we can be more independent. I don't know if that makes sense. but Yeah, sure. They understood that, and it was kind of like, man, I wonder how many people could be married by next week if they took that approach to things. Yeah. Like, who who simply is a godly Christian, and they can fulfill the duties of the covenant, and, you know, they're not half bad. There's a few things I don't like. Okay, whatever. We could figure it out. Yeah, we can figure it out. I think a lot more people would be married. Yeah, I, I think aren't no. right now, if they're taking that Absolutely. approach over the soulmate approach <laughs> yeah absolutely just like hey you're a christian man i'm a christian woman you're you know not in gross unrepentant sin you're not wildly foolish like you're let's can we make this work and yeah. I, I know some single people right now are like 
Easy oh, for you to easy say. Easy for you to say. You already found your soulmate. And yes, I I know. <laughs> I know, listeners. Like I locked her down in junior high, okay? And I did it because I knew she was gonna be a hot commodity. I knew there was gonna be competition through the youth group as oh we gosh. went there in the pizza <laughs> okay. nights, and there was gonna be the bus to the to the camp, the Christian camp, and all the all the guys were gonna be trying to play Google Doll songs for her. On the acoustic guitar, and I was the one who's going to play the Goo Goo Dolls song no one and else win her the heart. Guitar in our youth group, so oh yes, that mm-hmm. I remember one who did. Who multiple? See, this is the okay, thing. Okay, I don't. These ladies are I only unaware. had eyes for you. They're unaware <laughs> of the sharks that were circling, and okay. I was the I was the the naval captain who sailed my, oh my ship gosh. in, pulled her out of the water, rescued her from the sharks okay. with Goo Goo Dolls songs on the guitar. And Switchfoot. I played a lot of Switchfoot for her, too. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, I don't even know what we're talking about at this you point. You were saying it's, I'm sh- there's single people out there who are saying easy for you to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're saying easy for you to say. I was like, no, no, no. I had to fight off the sharks, too. You know, just here. This is, this is the reality. But you got to ask, like, am I being reasonable about my list of demands, my expectations? Am I simply fearful? Anytime I see something that I don't like, am I using that as an automatic excuse? To like well, oh, push someone I, at harm's length. I think we could very easily have said that as a young married or engaged couple having unreasonable expectations for marriage even. Like yeah. X amount in your savings, X kind of car, X kind yeah. of career, mm-hmm. X kind of debt or lack thereof. We could have done that, but we decided not to. That That's part of yeah. our stories. We decided not to put those stipulations. For example, someone could have said like, Lexi, you shouldn't marry a man who makes $700 a month in his part-time worship leading gig and eight twenty-five an hour at the coffee shop for the rest of the week. And listen, valid point. But, but, but yet, here's the thing is like, are. because I knew you, you had a good work ethic. You had had full-time jobs in high school. Yeah. There were other care. This is, this is proving my point. You're proving my point even more. Um, <laughs> there were character qualities there that I knew I could bank on. For future development. Correct. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't thinking in terms of like, he's a deadbeat because he works at a coffee shop. I was thinking yeah. he has faithfully had jobs and now one of them is at the coffee shop. And so. the chemistry was electric. So I mean, <laughs> okay, anyway, now I'm just like, I'm so distracted just thinking about. <sighs> Keep moving on. Keep We're going to move on. on. This is the last <laughs> question that I, I, I'd like you to ask yourself. And it's simply, am I being proactive? And have I thought creatively about what it might mean to be proactive? Am I being proactive and have I thought creatively and thoroughly and systematically and didactically and terrifically about what it means to be proactive? Like, have I put all the cards on the table? Have I thought through all the options? And it's like, nope. Have you limited yourself? And it's like, unless there's a young man in my congregation right now between this age. Well, sometimes there's just not. Sometimes there's not in either direction, a man or a woman. And so you have to think, how can I, can I be contacting other pastors? Can I be going on trips to conferences? Can I be, you know, figuring out some, some locations where there are, where the demographics are more favorable? Can I be asking family? Can I be asking, like, how can I, can I put it out on social media? Can I use the, okay. So I don't think it's weird at all. If I saw a godly single lady putting out on social media on her own, Hey, I'm single and I'd love to be married. Yeah. Here's some things about me, not even using a dating site. Yeah. I I do not think that's weird at yeah. all. Look, at all. <laughs> here's who I am. This is the things I like. These are my uh, theological identity. Yeah. This is where I'm, how old I am. I'm, 
you know, I, I'm not in debt, whatever. I'm you yeah. know not a feminist. Here's a picture of me in a dress holding a <laughs> plate of bacon that I made. You guys remember the bacon test? Yeah. Right. This is no, but I'm being serious. Like, have you baked the pie and given it to the, to the single guy? Have you? Th- these are things that you might say. Well, that's too much. Like, that's over the top. That's embarrassing. That's listen. In the words of Brian Sauvé, shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to shoot your shot. And the thing about shooting your shot is, in the words of Michael Scott, <laughs> you what? miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> okay. I feel like this is the strangest episode of Bright Heart of all yeah. time. And I just accidentally unplugged my headphones one second. No, but it, it, there, there is serious help there and, and I, I'm, I know I'm being jocular and this is serious maybe you're like stop laughing at my situation I'm really not I but th- you have to kind of get out of your own head a little bit and just embrace that this is an awkward difficult thing in a yeah. time that's particularly awkward and difficult to well to find and a I was in. also gonna say I think it's important for single people to realize that it's it's not as a married person it's not awkward but it's we are also one of the first few generations having to figure this out. So we don't, even though we're offering advice, we don't have it all figured out either for right. what the solution is for you guys. So I think it's also important for single people to be seek out help, but also be patient in yeah. understanding we're trying to figure this out alongside of you guys. And we do want you guys to be fruitful in marriage. Yeah, absolutely. We do. And so Lexi, when, you, when you're thinking about create creatively, creative proactivity what are some things that come to mind well that social media one was something i thought about recently i was like Uh because i do have a lot of single girlfriends that don't like the idea of dating online which i 100 percent understand yeah i understand that um but then i it dawned on me i was like well why not just post about it yourself like that's not weird especially if you have like a pastor helping you or something yeah i think also i know we have a single gal at our church that's really good at just inviting groups of singles over regularly with families. And I'm sure that's helped her get to know a lot of the single guys, you know, in the area. So like, how can you just be a hub of hospitality in such a way that you're not, you're not having to get to know people one-on-one, but you're getting to know a lot of single people on a regular basis in a context that's less awkward so in some ways, I'm like, well, she created that context for herself. She didn't wait for somebody to go do that. Yeah. I also, I don't know what I think about singles ministries. <laughs> singles ministries? I mean, they can be good or bad. Yeah. Sometimes they can perpetuate drama adolescence. Yeah. yeah. They can be problematic. Yeah, I'm not way. sure what I think. But you could, some people might be calling like a singles ministry, like putting on a social. Yeah. So that was the other thing I was going to say is maybe... Maybe you, as a single man or woman, could contact a couple of the solid pastors in the area that you know, like, I'd be happy marrying somebody from his church Um, and say, like, hey, I want to organize an event. I want to organize a spring fling or a fall ball or a some, I keep trying to figure out how to do speed dating without being weird. (laughs) You know what we should do? What? I might edit this out later or keep it in, but this is just me having an idea right now. Okay. We should do a Bright Hearth Conference at a central location in the United States of America where it's singles invited, and the goal is we get people married off. Great idea or greatest idea? I just don't know. We'll think about it, listeners. Okay. 
<laughs> See, uh, let us know I, what you literally, think. Literally, I am thinking about this all of the time. I I literally yeah. feel like I am constantly like trying to problem solve. I don't have many answers though. Well, here here's here's why I say that, and I, I don't know if we'll actually end up doing anything like that, whatever. But one of the things about being proactive, and I mentioned like finding out a place where the type of mate that you're looking for is and reasonably like it's reasonable to say I want a mate who's theologically aligned with me and Yeah, like, that is reasonable. And not all the way down to your weirdest tertiary issue. But no. I, but if you're being reasonable about that. Like, look, I would want to be married to someone who shares my conviction on baptism and on, you know, who's brought like reformed. That's reasonable, okay? So, now let's say that you're looking for that kind of spouse. You have that person identified. Okay, now ask yourself, what kind of tree does that fruit grow on? Yeah. What kind of tree? What kind of community? What kind of church? All right. Now go figure out where those people all get together. Right? Is it and get involved in it. Is there a social media niche that you can enter by, you know, following the right people, com- commenting on their posts? Cuz there's there are social media niches that capture theological groups so, yeah. so you start commenting yeah, we know being multiple single yeah. people that have gotten married just by being Via active on twitter yeah so you know start tweeting in those groups and meeting people in those groups and commenting online and getting involved and then maybe put that post out and then maybe find out where the conferences yeah. are that people go yeah and then maybe show up there before saying hey are there any single people that yeah, are going to be at this true. conference i'd love to you know get get lunch in a public place or just you know say hi and like go to the place go to the to the places where the trees are where that fruit grows <laughs> and don't just wait for that fruit to randomly walk through and join and be a member of your church so what i was going to say is we learned about a pastor in the area recently who also has a good group of single people at their church yeah and he had said we should get them together somehow and i just it had never dawned on me why don't we talk to the other pastors in the area. Yeah. But I think that can be another good way too of like, especially a single guy, like how can you, we have a single guy that does a lot of single events at refuge. I think that's like great for a guy to take initiative and do that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it, these are all under the category of proactivity and they're going to be different for you, different for your situation, different for the type of person that you're like, I'm in this theological category and that's really important to me. And I have conviction there. I want to raise children with someone in that. Well, find out the the tree where that grows, and go show up there. And 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 it's really, I mean, like we overcomplicate this, but it's like your your chances go up the more opportunities you give yourself in terms of the yeah. statistics. So if you're like here in Utah, it where we are, it's a very difficult area, and so we have, uh, you know, we have to do things a little bit creatively to try and find fine folks. But one of the things that we're hoping to continue to see happen is that we would have friendly connections with multiple communities across the country, which we do. We have friendly connections with people in Moscow, Idaho. We have friendly connections with people out in Illinois and Kentucky, and we have friendly connections with people in Missouri. And and I have no doubt in Colorado, and I'm actually realizing there's a lot of them, and yeah. Texas. Like there's There are these groups that we have established diplomatic relationships with, if yeah. you if you will. And that means that there could be exchange. There's there's friendship. There's knowledge of one another. There's some of the barriers are removed where I know them generally, they know us generally, the kind of people we are yeah. theologically and culturally, that that we're we have, you know, these views on education and these views on doctrine and these views on I mean, all the way down the line. So that when the time comes, like for my own children, when they yeah. become 
uh, marriageable age. And we have lots of people that hopefully will still will be around and in their age too. But that's just another layer that is there. And, and, and you can do that even just yourself. Yeah. You can establish those kinds of relationships yeah. through social media, through conferences, but it is going to cost you and it's going to take proactivity. You're going to have to get out of your bubble. You're going to have to stop making excuses, stop hunkering down every night and going home alone and just doing, you know, doing your thing and, and going on autopilot. You, it's hard to find a spouse in this environment on autopilot who's going to be aligned. Yeah. Anything else you can think of on being creative, being proactive, or just in general being uh, involving the community and helping our listeners think through this issue? We did have someone send in, she was a gal that sent in like her, essentially her wifely resume, I think. I don't yeah. know, I didn't see it, to um, the church. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Go her. Go her, seriously. <laughs> like, who are the pastors a, that you admire across the country? How can you get in touch and just say, hey, I know you guys don't know me. Here's a reference for my pastor. Yeah. This is, you know, this is who I am. That sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Like, we should absolutely be doing that. Yeah. And the last thing that I'll ask you to close out this episode. So if we get a bunch of resumes at the church, sorry, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, yes. Hey, we're open. We've got we've got two particularly the some ladies that if you know I'm asking for resumes. So let me know. Anyway, last question. I'm just thinking about a lot of our listeners are not single. They're they're in the young children stage like us. Any anything that you think we all together because we are in a similar place need to be thinking through as parents with children who are coming up. To yeah. prepare them to be proactive now, because we you talked about it was normal for children for parents to help their children yeah. in this. Is there anything you can think of that we should be thinking about? If you're you're like I'm not single, maybe you don't even have single friends, whatever. But a lot of us have kids. Yeah, how can we be thinking about this for our kids, making this easier for them? Well, maybe this is particular to Utah. I don't know, but like it's not easy for me to go to Moscow. It wasn't easy for me to go to Kentucky, but. These trips I do treat as, but I am making connections for my kids for their future. That That is right. why. That is why I'm okay not sitting through any of the teachings at Moscow. That is why I'm okay being tired on the road. Because, she means because it's difficult with children, not because correct. She, yeah, yeah. No, correct. So, but that's, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if that's going to do anything, but I just know that they have to have more connections to Christians outside of Utah just because there's not a lot here. We yeah. obviously want this to be a place of that has a gravitational pull for Christian culture, and we're trying to build that. But I also have to be realistic about the fact that I want them to have other opportunities, too, if that's how God would provide for them to have a spouse. So I think sometimes, I don't know, I think moms, too, need to get outside of their comfort zone to figure out, mm-hmm. like, do you have a child that is more outgoing and that wants to have parties all the time and that... <laughs> won't stop talking about their birthdays. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> like that. We speak from experience. They're going to, you just have to, you need to let that sanctify you as a mom because that's probably really going to play into what their, mm-hmm. their spouse is like, what, yeah. you know, all of that stuff. So secondarily, just like it's, it's okay to, your children are going to like people. Yeah. Like them, like them. Yes. And that should be good. And we should be, using that as an opportunity to then 
train them. We don't want to shame them about people they like, but even little kids, like you can very easily direct their character building and say, okay, well this is how, if if you like her, this is how you treat a young girl. And yes, like you don't, you don't say like, Oh yuck, No, don't don't squash it. No, we have it in our home already. (laughs) We have, we have little boys who like little girls at St. Brennan's classical Christian Academy and we don't squash them. We want to tell them, yeah. That's good that you. It's good that you yeah. notice God made you that way, yeah. and you should notice, and that means that you're on your way to being a godly man. Now, here's yes. what you need to do, son. Correct. Yeah. So here's what you need to do. And sometimes, <laughs> I mean, this is. I don't mean this in like a cheesy or shameful way, but like you know, it, it, Miss, and then what's her name that they're into that you know that that year at school, she won't like it if you are rude at the table. Little girls like uh, girls like polite boys yeah. at the table, and it's powerful. It's a powerful motivator yeah. and shaper of culture. You have to go with the grain of God's created world, and living with the grain of God's created world means recognizing that one of the civilizing culture building forces God built in the world was sexual attraction yeah. and the desire for marriage. Like th- this is absolutely one of the things God intended to build His world. So one of the things I was going to say is if you have a nineteen twenty year old son or daughter who just is not interested in marriage. I would tell them you need to get interested in it because yeah. the 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 go with the flow right now is wait until you're 35 and then maybe start thinking about it and, and then have a hard time. Eggs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't do that. That is something that I have learned through my single friends is somebody should have been saying to them, you need to have an eye to this and sooner rather than later. Yeah, in their early 20s. So yeah, don't, if your, if your children... Like, I'm not saying tell them, look, you need to be, thinking of the Mormons, um, you need to be married by the time you're 22, you know, all that stuff. But but just, t- like, you should be wary if it's not on their radar at all, is yeah, what I'm saying. why. Yeah, why. Yeah. Have those conversations. You know, I think that's great counsel. As, as our kids grow up, we need to make sure that we are doing the work ourselves to cultivate relationship and build an environment for them yeah. where it's likely... For some of you, I know this is going to be hard to hear. For some of you, this might be moving from where you are. Yeah. Maybe your kids are under 10 now, and you're like, this is far away. It's it's tomorrow. Okay, it is tomorrow that they're going to be preparing for marriage, and you're going to be asking, are there spouses here? Yeah. If you're, two, if you're two or three hours from the nearest, even close to solid church, if you are, there's absolutely no community whatsoever in your area, and you may say, well, I have, I have some roots here. I've been here for a long time. Like, I, I'm just telling you, you might need to think now about yeah. relocating. And and I know that's hard and it's not that I'm not giving you blanket advice for everybody. No. You need to like take that slowly. That's a serious conversation. But don't think you're crazy if you're going, maybe we need a move and establish roots somewhere now so that in the next 10 years we will be involved in a community, we'll have those thick yeah. relationships that can blossom into intermarriage between families and that sort well, of thing. Well, I mean, again, thinking of the Jane Austen stories, when some of those ladies, it was like, well, there's no spouse in this town, so let me go spend six weeks in this they town. They literally went to the next <laughs> town. And they were like, when's the next bowl? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a, next, there's a bowl coming up. Uh, and obviously that's a certain class in society yeah, that sure. had more leisure time and, yeah. you know, all of that stuff. But yeah. just the principle is there, is what I'm saying. The principle's fine, absolutely. It's yeah. Like they, they valued... They they valued the marriage yeah. relationship very highly. They yeah. understood that marrying someone was your most important human connection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, thanks for listening, guys. We hope this was helpful. 
um, we if if you like Bright Hearth and here we are launching our second year of Bright Hearth, and we hope it continues to be helpful. If you want to continue to make this show possible and uh, to support the work that we're doing here, and also more broadly at New Christian Press with our many other endeavors, Kings Hall Podcast, Haunted Cosmos, my music. There's lots of things that we've got going on, the Hard Men Podcast. Uh, you can become a patron with the link in the description. And uh, not only do you help support this work, which we are very thankful for, we know lots of patrons, they simply sign up, not because of any of the benefits that we're going to, and we hope to benefit them, but also just because they want to see this work continue. And we appreciate you. I was going to say, people keep asking me about this. For, for our patrons, I have recorded a couple episodes on uh, home birth labor prep yeah. and postpartum. And yeah. I'm going to do one on newborn care eventually. So those, those will be coming out April, soon, guys. April, May. We produce a podcast called In the Kitchen. Sometimes it's just Lexi. Sometimes it's just me. And often it's both of us. Talking through, you know, sometimes things related to the episode, sometimes just granular, applicational, normal life things that people have asked us about. Sometimes it's Q&A from patrons that we're answering. Uh, just lots of different topics, a broad range. If you sign up to become a patron of the show, uh, you get access to that podcast, all the back episodes, including the ones that are coming out each week. We put those out every week with the main episode. Uh, and also, if you sign up for, I think, Silver Tier and Above, we send you free Feed the Patriarchy mug. There's all kinds of benefits. And it also just helps keep making this this show possible. So we really appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for giving us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time, we hope that the Lord blesses you and your house. And we'll see you next time on Bright Hearth.